Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. Brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. Father, thank you. Because I'm anointed to teach your word, people are anointed to receive our faith is built on the knowledge and in the person of Jesus. I thank you for the eyes of understanding that is enlightened, that we know and we see the mystery that is in God's will. And we understand the things that are written for our instruction and our admonition. I pray this morning, Father God, that our heart is strengthened in the revelation of the person of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. So I'll try my best to be, um, to be slow. I'm sure this is not a subject to rush over. I'll do the best I can. But it's a subject that has been there. You know, we all know the issue of generational curses. And um, So uh, I'm looking at it. Is it a myth? Is it fact? Or what's the truth about it? It's important that we understand that as Bible students, we cannot use our experience to interpret the Bible. So I'll give you an example. Even though I am a minister of the gospel, if I pass on to glory, and maybe before I pass on to glory, I had a terrible experience with sickness, it doesn't mean that God does not heal. Do, do we understand what I'm saying? And it's very important because one of the major issues we have heard is where people begin to put their experiences above the word of God. And if the word of God is not final authority in your life, your experience will toss you to and fro. So the first thing I want to establish is, listen, it doesn't matter what you have heard. It doesn't matter what you have watched. It doesn't matter what a preacher has said. We are looking at the word and we're believing the word. That's very, that's very important. It doesn't matter if a minister say, oh, this is what happened in Abakalike, this is what happened in Abuja. We're not talking about what happened. We are looking at the scriptures and reading and believing the Bible. And that's very important. And before I also start, I want to also explain carefully that what I'm teaching is to believers. Those who are born again and have a working relationship with Jesus. Can someone out there suffer from generational causes? That's their business. There's a reason I accepted the sacrifice of Jesus on my behalf. So I'm assuming that I'm talking to Christians. That's the foundation for my teaching. Number one, your, ex- your experience does not invalidate God's word. That's one. Number two, you are a believer. Not that you come to church. You have accepted the sacrifice of Christ on your behalf and you believe that. So these are the people I'm teaching. If you're not born again, then is another, you should get it born again first before you understand this message. And that's very important. So we're going to look at just basic foundation today and then we'll see how I'll continue from there. Let's look at the word generational curses. Generational curses. The It's important for us to understand, first of all, let's look at the word curse. The word curse. The word curse 
is used. <laughs> I'm thinking of something now. You know, people say uh, there's something like near success syndrome. You, you, you've heard that before. The near success syndrome. Anytime they're about, I'm about to get something, I fail. And I remember someone like Thomas Edison who said he tried uh, 9,000 times or 900 times before he got the light bulb. You know, that's also near success syndrome. You understand? The word curse, there are seven Hebrew words used for the word curse in the Bible. I'm going to, uh, you are not Hebrew, I'm not Hebrew, so we're going to spare ourselves the pronunciation. But you find the word curse, now listen carefully, you find the word curse in the word curse, C-U-R-S-E. You find it 89 times in the Old Testament. Now, I'm using the Old Testament in respect to Bible division. In Genesis to Malachi, you'll find the word curse 89 times. You'll find it from Matthew to Revelation 12 times. Six times in the Gospel. That's you, uh, Sorry, five times in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Once in the book of Acts and six in the epistles. You find the word cost. Cost, 89, 12. Cost, ED in front. 69 times in the Old Testament. Six times, three in the four Gospels. The word curses. You find it nine times in the Old Testament alone. The word curses. You find it nine times in the Old Testament alone. The word corset, which is describing an action. Corset. Charlie, if you use the King James Version. You find it eight times in the Old Testament. Two times in the four Gospels. Cursing. The present continuous now. Is that what cursing is? Cursing. You find it ten times in the Old Testament. Three times in the, apost- in the epistles. Another word you find relating to that is the word accost. Anathema. Accost. You find it 16 times in the Old Testament. You find it four times in the Gospel. One of the one of the four times in the epistles. 16 times in the Old Testament, four times in the epistles. One of the times is used in the epistles. Epistles, Pauline writing. First, uh, Corinthians chapter 12 verse 3. It says, no man called Jesus accost. Except, you know, called Jesus accost. Now, you find that in the epistles. So you, now, having, I'll run through this again now. Because this is very important. I'll run through this again. The word curse, you find it 89 times in the Old Testament. 12 times in the New Testament. The word cost, 69 times in the Old Testament, 6 times in the New Testament. The word curses, 9 times in the Old Testament alone. Corset, 8 times in the Old Testament, 2 times in the epistles. Cursing, 10 times in the Old Testament, 3 times in the epistles. Accost, 16 times in the Old Testament, 4 times in the epistles. Simple, simple question. Where is the word curse, curses, accost, cursing, corset? In which part of the Bible do we have it as an emphasis? If you don't get this won't progress. There's no two ways about it. I'll go through it again. In the Old Testament the word curse is used 89 times. New Testament is used 12 times. Okay? Is that okay? So this is how we are all going to do it. Let's add it up now. Now I'm going to be slow on this one because this is a major issue. So I'm going to be slow on this one. Let's add it up before I write it. So I want you to give me the, num- the total number of times it was used in the Old Testament and the total number of times it was in the New Testament. Now I didn't add my own up. So I'm trusting your answer. So let's go. In the Old Testament it was used 89 times. So put Old Testament here and put New Testament here. Okay? In the New Testament, it was used 12 times, the word curse. Now, the word cursed in the Old Testament was used 69 times. In the New Testament, it was used 6 times. So, just add up the numbers. The word curses was used 9 times in the Old Testament. No time in the New Testament. The word corset was used 8 times in the Old Testament, 2 times in the New Testament. The word cursing was used... Ten times in the Old Testament, three times in the epistle. The word accost was used 16 times in the Old Testament and four times in the, 
in the epistles. So what do we have as total? Huh? 200 and 201 in the Old Testament and how many times in the New Testament? 20. Nobody added up here? Okay. So what does that tell us? What does that tell us about the emphasis? Come on now. We, see, I will be very patient today. Very patient. Very, very patient. My body is even tired so it will help me to be more patient. We have to go through this together because it's very... See, if you don't understand this, you will have experiences and also think you are suffering from generational... So you have to understand it. I'm not just teaching you. It's something you have to understand. And even if you already understand it, it is something you have to understand enough to teach someone else. That's why I'm emphasizing this. So in the Old Testament, we have it for 201. And in the New Testament, how many did you say? 27. You are my teacher now. That's fantastic. So... Where is the emphasis? We have all agreed. Where? In the Old Testament. Does that tell you something about the issue of curses? That what changed the equation about the frequency of his use was the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That if in the New Testament we find it as few, fewer times more than we found it in the Old Testament, it tells us specifically that something was done about it. And I gave you a, an example of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 3 where it, was, where it uses the word accursed. It wasn't even talking about curses in the way we talk about curses. Right? There, there were several um, contextual ways it was used. I gave you an example. So the fact that it even appeared 27 times in the New Testament does not mean that all 27 times refer to curses the way we refer to curses. Okay. The word curse in the Hebrew, it means to extricate, to remove. It means to prevent. It means to strike a blow against someone. It means to destroy. It means to seclude. The word curses or curse is emphasized in the Old Testament of the Bible a lot. It also refers to a spell that can be cast by magicians or is used to describe unlucky days in terms of the the Hebrew literature. Now, curses is used to refer to effect, to the effect of something, not necessarily the reason behind the thing. Now, this is key in understanding this. So, it's important to understand that when you find the word curses being used, it is used to refer to as an effect of something, not necessarily the reason behind it. Okay, I'll show you now. Where was the first time the word cursed or cursing or curse was used in the Bible? Genesis chapter 3. So let's go there. Genesis chapter 3. Let's read from verse 10. Genesis 3.10. Genesis 3 verse 10. Uh, let's read quickly now. Verse 13. Please follow me. Make sure if you have your Bible, look at your Bible. But if you don't have then, I don't know why you shouldn't come to, to church without a Bible. Genesis 3. So the Lord said... No, no. Uh, let's see now. Okay. Where are we going to read now? Okay, let's just say this. So the Lord said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle. Because you have done this. Right? Now, what is the this there? What's the this there? What's the this that the serpent did? Huh? Huh? De- Deception deceived Eve. You, Paul tells us that. that be, just as um, the serpent deceived Eve, beguiled her in her mind. So we see that the curse was an effect of what? The deception. It was the effect of the deception. Okay. Let's so he talked to that talk, said that about the woman also. Let's go to verse 17. Then Adam to Adam he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you saying you shall not eat, cursed is the ground for your sake. So you see, because again there that Adam heeded. So you see that I'm 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 getting somewhere now that the curse is usually an effect of something. So if the curse is operating, it is because something had gone wrong. So it's an effect. And we see that in scriptures. Now, this was the first time that the word cursed 
cursing or curse was used in the whole of scriptures. And it is, or it, it came into being because of the disobedience of Adam. Now, I want to pause here and leave this just hanging right here. Because I'm going to build up from here to mo- on Sunday when I talk about the effect of the blessing. And how the blessing affects the curse. But I want to use... I just did this because I wanted to define the curse. Now let's go to generations or generational. Because it's generational curses. So we found out how the curse was used, how many times it was used. We found out that it was used most times in the Old Testament. Okay. The word generation or generational is from the Greek word genealogias. It means, or genealogia, it means tracing by generations. That is like genealogy, right? From the root, which means to recount a family's origin. To recount a family's origin or lineage. To trace your ancestry. To draw one's origin or one's, or to derive one's pedigree. So the word generation, if you look at it from the Greek word, and I'm going to read where I got this from now, it means to trace your family origin. To, to trace your ancestry, to draw one's origin or to divide, derive one's pedigree. And you see, that's what we talk about a lot when we talk about generational curses. That, you know, I'm, and I'm going to go there now. I want to deal with the scriptures that we use a lot of time. That because your father or your father's father did this, then you are suffering from a curse. Okay? Now, or they say, well, there is something in your father's household that is uh, fighting against you. The first question I like asking people who are born again is, who is your father? It's very important. Who is your father? <laughs> you, know, you know, Africa... We, didn't, we, didn't, we don't even know where we brought mysticism and cultural, uh, <laughs> cultural practices and mix both of them together. And that's why you see that a lot of our um, local churches are now beginning to turn into more of um, uh, shrines. I got a call while I was away. Something was wrong with someone and they needed to, to pray for the person or something. And then they called that they took the person to one prayer house. And they say, well, we should bring 20,000 to support them so they can buy something to start the prayer. You know, the person comes to, the, to this church. But when something was wrong, you know, Pastor Maxwell doesn't have power, but he has money. So they take the person to where the power is and we donate the money, right? Because I don't have power. I only have Greek. And this matter is serious matter. It's not Greek matter. We're not talking Greek here. So I contribute money as a loving pastor so that they can start the prayer. And why, why is that? 
Because we all grew up in that kind of environment of idolatry and witchcraft. Most of us grew up hearing about witches. We don't really know what witchcraft is. You heard people confess. If you grow up in the village, you are always afraid of plantain leaves in the night. You know why? You know why you're afraid of plantain leaves? Come on now. Do you know? Am I the only one that is that was afraid of plantain leaves? I didn't grow up in the area. Why are you afraid of plantain leaves? We will stay here today. <laughs> because some of you are still afraid. Say, Pastor, mention it gradually. Don't, don't mention it too much. Because you were told that that was the Arik airline. You know what I'm saying? That that was the means of transportation to Kovun. Okay. And unconsciously, some of us are still scared. That's why we don't want our children to go to the village. We're still living in fear. You know, pastor, I'm born again, but man is wicked. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I agree with you. And then there are many stories to authenticate the wickedness of man. We disregard totally what the Bible teaches. And hold on to what we have heard. And some of my co-workers, preachers, have not made it easy. They will say, in the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah saw the Lord. If the King Uzziah in your life does not die, you will not see the Lord. If, if King Uzziah can block the Lord, then I'd rather worship King Uzziah. Because it's more powerful. And it's just because when a pastor does not have sense that is common, he talks foolishly. You know, the fact that I'm standing here does not mean I know what I'm saying. Do you understand? If I give you the mic now to come up and teach on generational courses, you will teach what you know. What I'm trying to say is that the microphone and my suit and the pulpit does not make me knowledgeable. What I know is what I'll teach. If you are a simple student of Bible history, what Isaiah was saying there, he was giving the time that God appeared to him. It's like saying, in the days of Abacha, Money was whatever. What was happening during his days? I don't know. In, eh? Okay, in Abacha's day, the roads were not tight. You can't now say Abacha has to die for the road to be tight. No, it was just a historical date because he couldn't say August 13th, um, 1992. He was just saying in the year that this particular king was reigning and he died, I saw the Lord. You see, the way we are going about this Christianity is almost looking like we should worship the devil. We have so empowered him. We have so empowered him. That Christ shed his blood for us, but is not, is not. You will hear people say, ah, 
Pastor, you don't understand. You don't. If you understand this thing, Africa, black man. You even hear things like white people use their witches to develop the place. We use our own to kill ourselves. Okay. The Bible says it. See, that's why sometimes I was teaching the young ministers in Benin. I was saying that a pastor must be careful of words. I'll tell you this. You know the, this thing called witchcraft, right? This thing called witchcraft. The scripture says that the sin of rebellion is as witchcraft. The person doesn't have to fly. A very stubborn person who tries to manipulate you to doing his own will is witchcraft. And you know, you can be married and use that emotions and manipulation on your husband. Every time you try to make him do something. Every time. Men also for wife. You are, people of you are practicing. You don't have to drink blood. That's the scriptural context for that. Are we denying the existence of evil forces or demonic forces? We're not. But what we are saying is that we are believers. And they have absolutely, and I mean absolutely, no authority over the child of God. Except the authority that the child of God gives to them, either by ignorance or by wrong belief system. So look at Paul's instruction to Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter, chapter 1 and verse 3 to 4. I'm going to read from the Amplified Version. 1 Timothy chapter 1. I remember <laughs> in those days in school when we were having outreaches and we had this generator that <sighs> my God this generator that when you want to start it nobody stays at your back. You know those kind of generator because you have to tie the rope and tie the rope and tie the rope and by the time you start it the rope is flinging all over. So before they start the generator they have to clear the space. And you know before the program we'll be praying the devil must not touch the generator. The power of God. Must, and we pray for the generator. You know, <laughs> when I got older, I was able to get a generator where you start with a key, with, with a key right? That has batteries. So one day I started the generator. I can now look back at the God. God. The prayers that poverty made us to pray. God. I was telling my wife something. I mean, when I went on this trip, because we, I sponsored, we sponsored most of the trip, I sponsored most of the meetings myself. So I ran out of money, so I went into a very cheap hotel to stay. I don't know how much I paid. And in the night, I heard noise. I, I bought granite. I, I heard noise, I heard noise, I heard noise. So I got up, and I owned the light. And I saw that the rat was eating my granite. <laughs> so I told my wife that I have a roommate. So, and the granite pained me a lot because it's a special village granite that I bought to accompany me on my journey. So when I got to Bodakot, I got into a better hotel. I wanted to save money actually. And there was no rat. But I was just thinking, if I had not woken up, you know, I would have got up and be binding and be binding and be binding. Some of the things you think people are pressing you, if you will change your phone, 
you will be at peace. That foam, your, fa- your grandfather slept on it. Your father slept on it. Just like the faith of Eunice and Lois was transferred to Timothy. They transferred that foam. For that foam is 30 something years. It's older than you. And you want to have peace in the foam. It won't work. Have you observed that sometimes when you change environment, some of your prayer point changes? Not everything is a curse. Some things are irresponsibility of people to do the right thing. Are you following what I'm saying? Okay. First Timothy chapter 1. Look at this now. I'm reading the Amplified Version. Uh, okay, let's read the, the one I'm sure you, you, all of you will have. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 2. To Timothy, a true son. In the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father. From God who? From God who? From God who? From God who? Okay. You know, our Father means my Father and your Father. Okay. So where are the idols from your Father's household? Which of the Father now? (laughs) This is our Father. Okay, let's go. As I urged you when I came into Macedonia, remain in Ephesus that you may charge some, look at this, some that they teach no other doctrine. Charge. Charge means warn them. Don't teach any other thing. What was Paul warning them against? Look at this. Nor give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which causes dispute rather than godly edification which is in the faith. He says, come warn them not to be talking about fables and myths and endless genealogies. The endless tracing of family histories. I like what the Amplified said. We need to get Amplified on this, our software, so you can read it alongside. But I like what the Amplified Bible said. Look at this. It says, as I urged you when I was on my way to Macedonia, stay on an Ephesus so that you might instruct certain individuals not to teach any different doctrines. Not to pay attention to legends, fables, myths, and endless genealogies. This is what I like. Which give rise to useless speculation. And meaningless arguments rather than advancing God's program of instruction which is grounded in the faith and requires surrendering the entire self to God in absolute trust and confidence. Paul says that these endless genealogies give birth to useless speculations. And Paul was careful to warn Timothy that a minister does not teach endless genealogies trying to trace people's family history. That's not the gospel. And listen to me. I'm not teaching you from, amazingly, I'm not teaching you from um, you, just what you read. You have not experienced anything. I've shared this story here many times. My grandfather, my grandfather, before he passed on, was a very strong supernatural guy in the negative realm. So when villages were going to war, 
He was part of the people who had to do all the sacrifices and all those stuff and all those stuff. So I'll show you the kind of person he was. If you broke your leg and they took you to my grandfather, he would get a chicken and break his leg. Or get any animal and break his leg. And as he's treating that chicken, when, when any day that chicken or that goat, whatever animal is using, steps on the ground and is healed, your own leg will get better. So you know this is really one, right? But you know, unfortunately for me, I never even heard about generational causes until I'd grown up. Because my dad was the only child. My, my dad is the only child of my, of my grandparents. So, by the time my dad wanted to become a believer, it was tough. Because now, they were supposed to hand over this family inheritance to the man. You can imagine the kind of person I'll, I'll be now. By now, you all will be consulting me. I'll be third generation priests of the gods. Cow, chicken. You know, sometimes I look at it when some preachers suffer. My grandfather never suffered. He always had goat tied somewhere else. You could eat pepper soup all the time. People always came with goats. People always came with goats. People wanted to check what was wrong with their wife, what was wrong with their child. They never came empty-handed. So if I said that all by now, I have a goat farm somewhere. Our Greek is making me. Alright, so. But when my dad got born again, and we were raised up. In the, in the, we were raised up, of course, with my dad. We never had the consciousness that whatever my grandfather was doing was going to affect. We were never taught that way. I'm, I'm amazed that the teaching is beginning to come out strongly. You know the reason why? We were taught the truths of who we are in Christ Jesus. I remember my I don't know where now, whether my mother's side or my father's side, I don't know which of them. But they don't eat uh, iguana and what again? They don't eat iguana, they don't eat snail. I think my father doesn't eat snail, my, my mother's side, I don't know, both of the sides. One of the sides, don't eat iguana, don't eat snail. I went to a mission trip and, uh, and they cooked iguana. So, I ate, you know, just wasn't... But it was when I was eating and I remembered that, ah... They said they should not eat this tea, though. <laughs> you know, I just eat. So I called my dad. <laughs> I said, I'm eating. <laughs> he said, no, don't worry, you can go ahead. It's not a problem. I mean, that was just it. No prayers, nothing. Why? Then I was a bit more younger. I think it was in, in JK they did that for me. That was how I grew up. Imagine my father now saying, oh, you need deliverance. What's going to happen? You start getting manifestations. Your body will start bringing rashes. The human mind is powerful. It's called stronghold. If your mind is not renewed, you will have the effects of a carnal believer who comes to church but still suffers under curses. Paul warns carefully. He says, don't teach a different doctrine. And that is why we read the book of Genesis chapter 3. If the curse on the life of Adam was reversed when Jesus Christ died on the cross. Which genealogy will you trace again? We all came from Adam. 
But somebody say, yeah, you know, the Bible says that the children and the iniquities of the, the fathers, I'm going to visit them on, on the fathers, on the children's children. Okay, let's go on now. Let's go on. Let's read all those scriptures so we can pass them. Let's go to Exodus 20 verse 1 to 6. That's the main scripture people use in teaching, people use in teaching generational curses. Exodus chapter 20 verse 1 to 6. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Exodus chapter 20. You see believers going from deliverance to deliverance all the time. All the time. All the time. Deliverance. I got deliverance program. They give you seven days dry. Six days wet. Ten days combined dry and wet. I've told you here, don't ever fast here and not take water. You are just punishing yourself. You are so weak. And then you know when you are weak and they tell you anything, you just be saying yes so that you can eat. Are you the one who killed the man? Yes. They're like anything. And when you are hungry, you can see visions. <laughs> you just see yourself flying. I'm flying. This time not on eagles wing, on planting wings. Exodus 20 now. Verse 1. Exodus 20. Verse 1 to 6. And the Lord spoke all these words, saying, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Context. We're interpreting with context. We're interpreting with context. You shall have no other gods before me. Who was God, who was God talking to? Now, who was God talking to? Now, very important. Important. Contextual interpretation of scriptures. Very important. Was God talking to one person? Was God talking to one person? Who was he talking to? The whole nation. We, how do we know? Let's go back. Chapter 24, verse 25. So Moses went down to the people. People, not person. To the people. People means many people. Okay. <laughs> and spoke to them. People, them. Means he was speaking to the whole nation. It's very important. He was speaking to the whole nation. Okay. I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Out of the house of bondage, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. This, this, this scripture right here tells us that we cannot authenticate that there is the face of Jesus. I know some of you have Jesus picture in your house. You just made somebody rich. That's not Jesus. That's an actor. Who acted Jesus theme. He's a human being like you. That was paid some money. To act Jesus. Just like. Patience uh, we act. A wicked woman. There's no picture of Jesus anywhere. Throw that stuff away. You shall not bow down to them. Nor serve them. For I am the Lord your God. So if you don't have the picture of Jesus. You don't need to have the picture of any pastor in your house. I know this one you won't agree. You know the reason why? Unconsciously, you feel very anointed when you see that picture. And feel that you are protected. I see some of you come here all the time. You're wearing armbands of many churches. See, you need to find where you want to attend. I'm telling you this sincerely. You need to, if you are not serious, just go, go find where, or stay in front of your television. Can't be mixing truth. They teach you truth today, you hear light tomorrow. And you are confused. And when things start happening in your life, you start calling me all over the place. 
Man of God, it has started again. Why will he not start? You You shall not bow down to them, nor serve them. For I am the Lord your God. I am a jealous God. Look at this. I am a jealous God. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations. Of those who do what? Look at that word. Don't. Ah. What's this? No, don't put all the scripture. It's yes, so people can see it. Where am I now? <laughs> hate. I'm looking for the word hate. Yeah, hate. Who hates me? This word is important. It qualifies. It qualifies those who qualify <laughs> for the visitation. No, no, no. Don't take out that word. Don't take out that word. If you take out that word, you would lose the meaning of that scripture. He didn't just say, I'm the God who visits iniquities upon the third and fourth generation of Finnish. No, no. Of those. Those. Who hate me. And the question is, what does the visitation mean? Simply put, every time Israel went into idolatry... God removed the protection from Israel and their enemies could get in touch with them. So, so, it means the enemies were not powerful. It means that if Israel's relationship with their God was altered, the protection of God over the nation was now removed. So, when they start losing a battle, you know what happened? They cry to God. And say, God, where did we miss it? And they repent. And then God takes them again. And they conquer the enemy. So, I'll just put it here now. If you are suffering from generational curses, go and check your relationship with God. Are you still here? We'll get there. Those who hate me. Number one question. Do you hate God? If you can't answer that question, we need to start church again. <laughs> do you hate God? So do you qualify for this visitation? Okay. Alright. Let's read on. But is that where God ended? No. But... Showing mercy to how many generations? Thousands! If we were to emphasize which one is more? His mercy. At least we know that even if you are the fifth generation, you are free. Where? Which generation did this stop? Go up first, let me see. Fourth. So if you are in the fifth generation, even though your people hate God, you are still free because the generation does not contain you. But look at what he says about his mercy. He shows mercy to thousands. To those who love me and keep my commandment. Can you see that? But when people go to Exodus 20, you know where they stop? He visited the iniquities of the children. Upon the fourth generation. And they stop there. No, no. That generation is qualified. It's the generation of those who hate him. And why will this happen to those who hate him? They don't have a relationship with God. The scriptures already told us that the whole world lieth in wickedness. 
Let me explain this to you. Let's imagine this altar. I don't like calling it altar. But this exalted platform. There's light here. And there's darkness out there. And then God says, if you stay in darkness, you will have the visitation of iniquity upon you. Alright? But if you come to the light, then I'm your father. You are, you are my children. And then you see somebody staying stay here and still saying, you know what? But I still see that happening to me. The question is, do you believe that if you are here, you are not in that zone anymore? So those who love and those who hate are the qualifiers of this verse. But I will even show you right now from scripture that God said this verse should not be used again, even for the Israelites. So let's read more scriptures now. Deuteronomy chapter 24. Let me explain this to you. I'm sorry to say this, but please let me explain this to you. The, the fivefold ministers were never designed by God so that you will be dependent on them. They were designed to teach you to be strong for yourself, to be matured. But you know, if I keep teaching you about generational curses and the need for you to be delivered, who are you going to be running to all the time? You're going to run into me. You know, sometimes people feel that when you have everybody running to you, see you as the most powerful man of God, then you have done your work. You have actually failed in your God-given responsibility. Let's, let's, oh well, time is running. But let's give that example. Let's give that example, right? Or children. Your son, some of you have kids now. They're five years. Five years, they want to go to the restroom. You wear them pampas. Ten years, they want to go to the restroom. They wear them pampas. Twenty-five years, they have pampas. Adult pampas. In thirty years, they say, you know, mother, I've stayed with you these thirty years. Without you, I don't have life. You are my covering. You are my mother. You know, you, you seek for prayers. Because there should be a time where that man should be what? Be a man. But you know in church, we don't teach people that way. They must be dependent on the pastor. They must. He's the pastor that's the most anointed. He's the pastor that has it. If he's not the pastor. I mean, we honor the ministers that God has put in our heart, but we don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't idolize them. Are you following what I'm saying? Deuteronomy 24, verse 16. You hear somebody quote, Touch not my anointed, and do my prophet no harm. Was he talking to only you? This one that is talking to the whole children of Israel, you give it to individuals that they are cursed. The one that was talking to the whole children of Israel and said, Touch not my anointed, you take it for yourself. Are you not wicked? He was talking to the whole company of Israel. Does God recognize fivefold ministers? Absolutely yes. But the blood that was shed for me and the blood that was shed for you is the same blood. Look at this. Deuteronomy 24, verse 16. I'll read this now. Fathers, remember what we read was Exodus. This is Deuteronomy now. Fathers shall not be put to death for their children, nor shall children be put to death for their fathers. A person shall be put to death for his own sin. 
God was clear about this. He said, listen, nobody is going to bear the responsibility for another person's sins anymore. Now, let's see a king that put this into practice. His name is Amaziah. Go to 2 Kings chapter 14. I just want to deal with this today and then we build up from here. 2 Kings chapter 14, quickly. 2 Kings chapter 14, verse 3. 2 Kings chapter 14, verse 3. This was Amaziah. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, yet not like his father David. He did everything as his father Josh had done. However, the high places were not taken away, and the people still sacrificed and burnt incense on the high places. Can you imagine what Israel was doing? Now it happened as soon as the kingdom was established in his hands, that he executed his servants, who murdered his father the king. Look at this. But the children of the murderers, he did not execute. According to what is written in the book of the law of Moses. Now, understand, this is... Ah, come on now. Bible interpretation. Where was this law written? In the book of the law of Moses. That word in which the Lord commanded, saying, Fathers shall not be put to death for their children, nor children be put to death for their fathers, but a person shall be put to death for his own sin. So this king came up and took this law and executed it. Okay. Ezekiel chapter 18. Ezekiel chapter 18. Pastor, I understand, but, but, there's a mystery. <laughs> There's no mystery. It's very, it's very plain. Just following the scriptures. Exodus chapter 18. I'm sorry. Ezekiel chapter 18. Look at this. Verse 1 to 4. The word of the Lord came to me again saying, What do you mean? What do you mean? When you use this proverb, right? Concerning the land of Israel. What do you mean when you use this proverb concerning the land of Israel? I just want to Get the amplified right here. Because I I want to read it from there also. Okay. The fathers have eaten sour grapes. And the children's teeth are set on the edge. As I live, says the Lord God. Look at this. What's the instruction? What's the instruction? Come on everybody. What's the instruction? Want to go? You shall no longer use this proverb in Israel. As long as I live. Don't say because the fathers have done this, the, the, the teeth of the children are on sour grapes. Okay? God says, don't use it anymore. As long as I live, is God still living? Okay. Look at this now. Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the father, as well as the soul of the son is mine. The soul whose sins shall die. God says, don't use it anymore. Don't say, because my father was like this. My life is already this way. Don't say it anymore. Say, let this proverb stop in Israel. Everybody has to assume responsibility for their own lives. Now, I want, I want to, <laughs> I want to say this now. Go to Joshua 24. I'll show you this now. Joshua 24. Have you learned anything today? Okay. I want to take it calmly. How can you teach God's people? You see, sometimes when I, sometimes when I'm driving past and I hear some churches praying, I, 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 
I almost cry like God. When shall these people see the light? When? That's what, that's what pushes me to travel. So more people can hear the glorious gospel of Jesus. So they can stand fast in the liberty which Christ has made them free. And I'm going to talk about that uh, on, on Sunday. The Jews came to him. He says, who's seen that this man is born blind? Is he his father or is him? Generational causes again. Look at this. Joshua chapter 24. I want to read something to you. Very interesting. I found it yesterday night. And Joshua said, verse 2. And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nahor, dwelt on the other side of the river in old times. What is the last line there? Loud and clear, church, please. And they served other gods. So Abraham's father was a confirmed idol worshiper. Confirmed. Idol worshiper. So we agree. Abraham's father was an idol worshiper. Do we agree? Other gods, plural. I mean, it's not just one. Okay. (laughs) Did God ask Abraham to go for deliverance? Did Abraham suffer for generational causes? How did Abraham walk away from this idolatrous history? Romans chapter 4. That's why our marriages are breaking left, right and center. Everybody suspecting somebody. You suspect your boss in the office. Your boss is suspecting you. You see, that's why there is poverty, unemployment, disharmony in relationships all over. Even some of you are suspecting me. So this one that he has said, his father, now I understand why the church is growing. Yes. Everybody. Ah, he's not using real power. Suspicion all over. Wife is careful. Husband is careful. Go and visit people. Offer them things. They won't eat. And they are hungry. They train their children in high level suspicion from day one. Once they give you anything, don't eat. Why? That's a woman in Abakalike. She did not know. She just took the child. They just gave the child sweet from that day. Ah, my sister. Fables. Fear. You are prosperous, but you are not happy. Nobody shares your food. You don't eat it. You're hungry. You throw out the whole day. You cannot. They give you something. You throw it away. Fear reading life. Even love feast. Ah, do you want that? No, I'm okay. I'm okay. I don't like taking Fanta. You are scared. Fear all over the place. That's why sometimes it's just good that you know the way we were just living in the village, everybody was just free. Everybody, you know, this Christianity was a good thing until these charlatans got into the pulpit. You even hear in the place of prayer, everybody says suspect. Your mother is in church. You are even saying, even my mother, even my father. And you expect that woman to like you. No, I don't know. I don't understand how we think. 
You didn't know that your husband was going to ease himself. And you are praying, Lord, even if it's my husband's mother, I don't care. The woman who gave birth to your husband, he has heard you pray that even if it's his mother, you don't care. Then now say your husband don't love you anymore. I won't. Some of you are even bold. Lord, I don't care with my husband. Even if he's hearing me, I pray this prayer. They will drive you. Be bold. Then when they not drive you, you know, I said it. After that night, when I wore, when you were foolish. Am I saying there is no wickedness on the earth? doesn't consign us. That's their business. We are heavenly citizens. We're seated with Christ in the heavenly places. The reality of our present status is more real to us than anything in the natural. You now stand before God. Hey, why, 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 why did you die before your time? Sir, it's the riches in my comfort, sir. <laughs> God will just ask you, so who created you? Say, sir, it's you. Say, no, no, I'm not sure. It's me, it's Chinese people, not me. <laughs> Where was I? <laughs> Romans chapter 4. Thank you, sir. I like too much stories. Romans chapter 4. Look at this. Look at this. And being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now it was written for him. Now it was not written for his sake alone. And it was imputed to him. But also for us. It shall be imputed to us. It shall be imputed to us. What shall be imputed to us? Righteousness. To those who believe in him. Who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Who has delivered up. Who has delivered up because of our offenses. And was raised because of our justification. Therefore, having been justified by faith. Romans 5, 1 now. We have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at this. He said, even if your father was a God-hater. He said, immediately you believed the promise of God. He says, righteousness was imputed to your account. And no longer... Are you an enemy of God? He says you have now been justified by faith. And you are now at peace with God. Meaning you don't hate God anymore. And so there's no room for a generational curse to walk in your life. That's how Abraham got free. He believed into what God said about him. He believed God when God says come out of your father's household. That doesn't mean come, out, come for deliverance. He says just change your location. Change your geographical location. Come I want to do something in your life. I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to bless you. And you know what? Abraham says, Yes, Lord, I believe. And God says, You are righteous. You are now justified by faith. You now have peace with God. This was the same Abraham that stood before God and said, If you find ten righteous men in Sodom, will you destroy it? This was the same Abraham that God said, He's my friend. The son of an idolater. The son of an idolater. Isn't it amazing how we want to claim the blessing of Abraham, but we don't believe what Abraham believed? And God didn't tell him, you know, your father was worshipping all that doors. That is why you don't have a child now. 
You know your father was worshipping all that gods. That is why your business is not prospering. You will even hear prophets say, God is telling me now. There's no just I lying. God is telling me now that there is something in your father's house that we need to remove first before the blessing can come. So it means God wants to bless you and he sees a pot in your father's house. And the pot is stopping him. So he has to use Pastor Maxwell to go dig the pot so that God cannot have access. I say, God is showing me, liar, that there are two women in your father's house that say you should not prosper. Okay? It's amazing how it is only people that have these two women in their father's house and all the pastors. The pastor has never come and say, God showed me that there were two people in my father's house that is making me not to prosper. And then after that, then I say, you see, it's time to sow a dangerous seed. All this whole thing ends in money. It's money. Seed of deliverance. To secure. And sustain. And supervise. And sponsor. Your destiny. Okay? How much? 40,000. So as you are here, it's forty thousand. That's your destiny put together. We cannot we can just as well pay you and kill you because there's nothing you are doing on this earth again. Just say, okay, this is forty thousand, that's your destiny. Drink this poison, let's reduce space so that more people can sit down. And then when you finish that, two months later, operation open door. Some of you need to go and collect your money back from all those people you gave. Hello, sir. <laughs> How are you, sir? I'm very fine, sir. Ah, my son in the Lord. No, no, no. I'm not your son again. I'm not your son again. What happened? That, uh, that money for deliverance that time, 40,000. Yes, sir. Sir, I want it, sir. <laughs> for what? To buy Bible and to buy notebook and to buy Bible. If the sacrifice of Jesus can set you free, you are doomed forever. Is there a place for deliverance? I'll, I'll teach you that. You see, this is that deliverance. It's a never unending circle. It never ends. Mammy water spirits, Obanjo spirit, near success syndrome spirit, about to spirit. <laughs> you see, where pastors are naming spirits as if they live with them. Just about to get to eat spirit. <laughs> His spirits are taking new names every day. Holding the pocket spirit. And the funny thing about those services, the whole congregation will sit down and one person is just performing. They say, go papa, go deeper. Prophet speak. Prophet, it is true. Prophet, it is true. It is true. It is true. Say, say it again. Say it again. It is true, sir. It is true, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma. Yes, sir. And you see the helplessness in their face. Oh, daddy. Oh, mommy. Oh, daddy. Oh, father. Let's go deeper. Jesus. Hey. Oh. Ah, God. Oh, daddy. Hey, Jesus. You know women, they'll just quickly face. They'll not carry their stand up. Papa is talking to you. Yes, papa. Yeah. And they show, you see here, let me give you an, don't do it, but it's an experiment. If you watch those channels 
for one month, you will believe something is wrong with you. Things will begin to go wrong in your life. Don't do it. No information leaves you the same. Are you following what I'm saying? When, listen, I'll, I'll, wrap, I'll wrap up here now. When the 70 came back, they said they were rejoicing that even the demons were subject to us. Jesus said, be happy because your name is written in the book of life. You know what Jesus did? In spite of demonic manifestations, he prioritized salvation. He said, what should give you joy is that your name is written in the book of life. Are you following what I'm saying? At his word, demons can come out. Are you following what I'm saying? You can deliver yourself. Just say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm free. Then go, not that, oh, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. <laughs> you know, I've, I've warned them, I've warned them totally in my house. Don't, if you are screaming past the channels and you see all those playmakers, don't just say, we want to see. No, no, no. You might not see yourself in that house again. Don't say, just go past. Put car raising. Or watch National Geographic. You will learn more sense. What are you looking for exactly? What are you looking for? And then tomorrow, you now say, I don't understand what is happening to me. You can't understand. Faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Praise the name of the Lord. Don't destroy relationships that God has given to you because of suspicion. Don't walk away from your marriage. Walk away from your home. Walk away from your wife. And start treating your wife badly. And the way she's responding to that bad treatment, you say, it is true. What the man of God said is true. Throw your children away. And you would ask yourself, all these causes we are freeing ourselves from, what about those of other religions who don't even know God? Look at how peaceful they are. I mean, without the peace of Christ. They go about their duty. They just go about that. Look at the Muslims sitting by you in the office. Are they not happier? There's picture here. There's rosary here. There's anointing here. There's coconut water here. How can you walk? There's handkerchief. You have wore, instead of wearing necklace, you have wore people's picture. And you say they are not marrying you. Is it the, the, the amulet on your chest that will make them to marry you? Look nice. No. They are smelling olive oil all over the place. You will drink. You will bathe. You will sprinkle. You will. Well, you're just magicians. CV, you are submitting. You went to sprinkle oil on it. They saw it and threw it in the dustbin. If you had not anointed it, you will be employed by now. Prepare CV properly. You now went over and throw oil on it. Carry people's picture and be striking it with... Are you not a herbalist? We just turn this thing... It becomes like Christianity is a mockery. Like, you know, people look at us and they're like, what are these people doing? Even educated people. Because religion is like the opium of the people. It's like a drug. Once you get sucked in, you'll be amazed at what you will do. God has set us free. And we accept that freedom in the name of Jesus. I said, God has set us free. And we accept that freedom in the name of Jesus. Even if there was any curse operating on your life, by reason of the sacrifice of Jesus this morning, that curse is broken in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I command that there is restoration in your life. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would also like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng or call 0805-888-7575.
God bless you.